0: Okay, we're recording. Um hey, hey. I never. Oh God, I like cold intros. I never do intros. I'm so bad at this. I don't know how to do podcasts at all. Okay, I'm I, talking to Peter Soom, though, who has the app Reform uh, and formerly had Branch CI, which is a continuous integration app for WordPress. Which is how, kind of, how we started talking. How we met? I think met. so. Yeah. Yeah. Um. I guess right because the first time we met was at Microconf, the last one in Vegas, right? Right. In 2019. I want to say.
1: Right. Yeah. And then we just kind of had a little mastermind going because you were doing CI for Laravel and I was doing it for WordPress. So right. it kind of just made sense to share notes. and.
0: <laughs> so what? right now you have Reform, no longer Branch CI. So Branch CI got sold, right? And now Reform, which seems to be doing better.
1: Yeah, it seems so. It seems so. Yeah, so it's, uh, I mean, they're not related at all. It's completely different. It's the same company the the company that runs reform is still called Branch Continuous Integration, which is kind of weird. I haven't changed that yet. Right. <laughs> Our Slack is still called Branch, but otherwise they don't have anything in common.
0: It's like Slack. you will have the Slack story where they started from a game and then just like turned into whatever Slack is.
1: Yeah, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I mean they 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 had the they had some sort of contingency because they they had, they were using Slack, right? As like an internal tool. Mm. Reform which is a new idea, basically. It was just right. like, let's stop for a month and think about ideas. And, Slightly less fun funding do also, I'm sure. Yeah.
0: Okay. So um, this is the second episode I'm recording. So I'm still figuring out format and all that kind of stuff. But I figure what would be fun is to just talk about Reform and kind of what your challenges are right now. I listened to your latest episode of your podcast out of beta and you guys were talking about going freemium kind of soon so i don't know if you wanted to talk about well i know i'm interested in like what the thinking is there and kind of specifically um you said you had some stuff to figure out about how to go about doing freemium in a interesting way or kind of a way that was uh good for you and your users so i don't know if you had kind of thoughts on on what we wanted to do for that
1: yeah i mean the so the whole thing about freemium I, it's something I kind of wanted to do from day one. To reform is a form builder. I don't know if you mentioned that. But it, it's very <laughs> common for f- form builders to have a free tier. And it, it it's something that intuitively makes sense to me. So it's something I just thought about from the beginning. But at the same time, when we were still trying to figure out if it was even a good idea or if people wanted this product, it was important for me to try to focus on the people that were actually paying for it so that's why we never had we did we that's why we don't have a free plan yet basically because it's just it i've i just wanted to basically spend most of my energy on people that were actually paying for the product and basically cared enough about it or just make sure that we had some features that were worth worth paying for basically right. but yeah now we're shifting more and more into marketing mode. Like we have a product that we have, like that people are enjoying, they're tweeting about and using a lot. And, you know, so stuff is happening and we're trying to basically improve our uh, top of funnel. And it's just the most obvious thing I can kind of think about. You know, we're serving a lot of page views right now, every month on forms. And it just feels like we should be, We should have a way to turn some of that volume into marketing basically right and i think we have a really good product Um, we have we have a lot of signups from people that said that they found us because they filled out a form so i I just kind of want to double down on that and so my my so the obviously when you already started and you already have revenue doing freemium is a little bit scary because you might cannibalize your revenue your existing revenue because if you make it free why are the existing people going to keep paying for it are we don't have that much revenue yet so i'm not that worried about it but that's it's still a concern like we still like we need to make sure that we're getting enough new people uh, by doing this and enough of them are paying that you know that it's that we we'll end up in a better place than we're at now yeah so that's kind of what I've been thinking about a lot. And I think maybe what you're referring to uh, that I talked about on my own podcast is I kind of try to figure out who would be um, a good candidate for being a freemium user and a paying user, basically trying to think about like what's... What do they look like? Kind of like their personas. And and I realized that I'm actually not that worried about it because I think they look very different and I think it's going to be really hard to get the people that I expect to use the free product to become long-term paying customers anyways. So, you know, they might as well just pay by, you know, basically promoting reform by having our branding on their forms. So it's just um, what I've been thinking about a lot and one interesting question that I had was we have a, a limit on how many responses you can get on when you're a paid customer right now and if you want more than that you pay more so it's volume based which kind of makes sense like if you have a lot of volume we just we have more stuff that we need to process we send more emails and do more stuff so but when you're a free user it, it's kind of weird to limit the amount of responses you can get because we're saying on one hand, that it's valuable for you to share a form with our reform branding on but then at the same time we're going to limit that so where i'm at right now we're basically going to do like a free plan that has unlimited responses form responses but then when you when you move to a paid kind of like into the paid uh lane you you have limits so it's kind of it's tiered um that's one of the ways it's tiered. It has different, um, there's some feature gating as well that that we're planning. But that was just like a really interesting thing. Like if we're saying it's valuable for people to share our brand and that's why we want to give it away for free, why would we limit that? Like if someone wants to show it to 50,000 people every month, like shouldn't they just do, like should we just get as much as we can? So it's been interesting to kind of think about like they are paying, they're just directly paying per form submission by showing our branch to the people that f- filled out the form. If that makes sense.
0: Yeah, that makes total sense. I think um, um, I, that's where my head was going when you were saying that. Like, oh, okay, so free tier. At first, I was thinking a free tier would probably be limited on volume, but it makes a lot of sense to not limit on volume. Um, I don't know if I think where my head goes, where you get to the paid tier is to um, feature gate like you said more so than v- gate on volume also but like that's that's interesting that you might want to do that like the, the features i'm thinking of are integrations like zapier and all that stuff like maybe you don't get that in the free tier but i don't know if that is also self-limiting like if you want it to keep spreading then maybe like also be yeah
1: it's zapier, all trade-offs it's like, right yeah it's like you want people to use it as like you get into kind of like the the thinking that you want people to use it as much as possible so if they want to add their teams like you should just let more people use it if they want to get more responses they should do that like if they want to create more forms they should do that if they want to use like a more advanced feature if they want to yeah integrate it into all their tools they should do that but i mean at some point there has to be like a payment involved as well
0: right (laughs) perfectly which to Unless me makes you're sense like to do on, ve- on some features, like Zapier or something, but like maybe that's self-limiting. But maybe like reporting and that kind of stuff too. I don't know. It's like the value for people is the fact that they have data somewhere that's like yeah. nice. they have to manage it, and you can just keep making data and putting the forms someplace and all that kind of stuff. Um, but then again, what you do with that data is also very valuable, and also sort of it like becomes a cost center for you because that's more like processing power and that kind of stuff to like talk to other APIs and like and all that kind of stuff. Um, yeah. So I don't know. It's interesting. Like I, I, where my mind goes is immediately like, okay, the paid to get in a paid tier when you want to get in a paid tier, then you get integrations and that kind of thing. Um,
1: Yeah. I mean, the most important thing when you get into a paid tier is that you get to use your own branding or remove our branding Mm -hmm. basically. Mm -hmm. So as soon as you do that, we, we lost something, right? (laughs) So we need to get compensated.
0: That makes sense. Yeah.
1: That's how I'm thinking about it at least.
0: Hmm, yep and then what do you what do you think about my idea feature -feature gating or like do you have an idea of what kind of features that would involve and i guess that also means like do you have to quickly develop these features so you can get like actually do something (laughs) with these tiers
1: yeah i mean some of them we already have like um file uploads for example Mm -hmm. which is also makes sense to charge volume based because we're paying basically per file or like the our pricing for the way that we kind of get file uploads and virus scans and stuff like that is also but like we're also paying for that <laughs> uh, in some sort of volume based tier setup so stuff like that makes sense to not just provide to everyone for free so and then so basically there it's 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 difficult to like find the ideal pricing and I don't I don't expect us to just figure it out now and then don't have to change it but there are i think we're going to have two low tiers basically that are pretty close it was fun like so in kind of like in the plan right now is to have a 15 dollar tier and a 25 five dollar tier and then it's a big jump up to 85 five dollar, which is more of like a business or for more like companies but uh, the the difference between 15 and tw- and 25 is something i'm kind of playing around with so it's not a it's not a very big difference. It's only ten dollars. So, for example, my plan is to put teams in the twenty five dollar plan because I'm thinking, like, if you have a team, like you're probably willing to just pay ten bucks more. But at the same time, you probably don't want to pay like a hundred bucks more for like someone else to be able to log in and download responses once in a while. You probably just do it yourself or just get at least get like frustrated that you have to do that. But if it's you pay ten dollars more and then you get a bunch of features. And one of them is like team access. You're probably more likely to do it. And my co-founder Reform was basically challenging it and saying that they're very close because it's only $10. And it, they are. But it's also like it's like 60 cents, 66% more. Like if you pay 25 instead of 15. And it's just interesting like to play around with these. Right. Like the tiers. psychological
0: aspect of that, too like how willing people yeah. are people just to jump up to that just to get teams, which makes sense. It's like $10. I,
1: it's not a lot, but actually right. from our point of view, it's like, you're now Easy paying decision. 66% more.
0: Right. That's like 10 bucks extra a month or like a hundred or 12, 120 bucks extra a year or something like that, which is like, yeah. kind of like for, I know for me, I'm like a single, I'll put myself in air quotes, single founder <laughs> of stuff. And I, I buy yearly stuff all the time. Cause I'm just like a hundred is is like not much. Um, yeah. Like that's I don't know if other people think like that, but I I am always just like annual plan easy save two months like a hundred bucks is not gonna like break the bank or anything. So, um, and then I guess you don't really want to charge per head, right? Because I guess when people log in, they would never see anything different. This is kind of like Rob Walling's rule of like when to (laughs) when to charge per head or not, right? Because whether or not people um log in, and might see something different. I don't know if I remember. Yeah, I think that's gonna be.
1: I don't think we're providing a lot of value like that, you know, with. A tool like SavvyCal for example, like everyone has their own calendar, mm. but in reform, everyone has the same form. So, right? Why would you need to like then? Like, it would you would probably just share a login because you see the same thing, anyways. I think we can still do some feature gating. Like, we're thinking about like on on our more expensive tier to have more like team permissions. Right. So, be like the because if it's person, yeah, or just like if you have like if if forms are like very important in your business it might be that you have people that can log in and they can only see certain things or that they can only read stuff but not change stuff or like delete stuff or whatever mm-hmm. so at least some people have asked for that so i think that could be a, a possibility but it, i don't think it's enough that we can like charge per head maybe for like some big enterprise customers or so, like something but i don't think that's going to be the the majority so i don't i don't think right. it would make a lot of sense
0: do you have an api right now is that a plan
1: it's a plan it's not we don't we don't officially have it now
0: yeah cuz i was thinking like that could be a part of a price tier too cuz uh an api is like if if someone's creating responses over an api that's immediately unbranded right this, you don't have your form shown anywhere presumably cuz they're creating responses over an API instead of by showing your form first or something like that. So like, that's an interesting thing Well, That's kind of an unbranded. So like put that in a paid tier or a higher paid tier.
1: Sorry. I think my internet caught out.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so you probably didn't hear what I said, right? Can you hear me now? You back?
1: Yeah, I think I'm okay. back, but I didn't hear the question.
0: Okay. No problem. Oh. um, So what I was saying is the API based thing. If you have your API and the API is used to create responses where like someone could ping your API and create a response, that's immediately unbranded, right? Because so presumably someone's not showing your form first. So it makes sense for their, that to be a feature to add to a paid tier or even higher paid tier because then you might have like, um, uh, API access could be like a paid thing, right? But then also maybe a user type is like a developer account on the team and the developer gets like the API key and that kind of thing
1: yeah i mean i could see that we could i could i could see that but i i just don't i have a hard time imagining that like being enough that it makes sense basically like another example of something that theoretically makes sense but we don't do anyways right now is we don't really limit responses for most people if there's a big outlier customer we'll like talk to them and get them on a different plan, but for most, like if if we had something to actually enforce the thousand respo- dollar response limit, right, or thousand response limit right now, like we would make, it wouldn't change anything, mm-hmm. like financially for how much money we're making, right? And it just annoys. Like people. in theory, we would probably catch a few, you know, <laughs> that are getting more than that, but it wouldn't be worth the trouble right now. mm mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think with APIs, like, we don't have a plan for an API right now, but we're thinking about doing headless forms. So, you know, where you basically just get, like, an endpoint that you can post to in your own form. And that's the same thing. Like, there's no reform branding at all. It's completely cloaked under your own form. So. I think that's paid feature as well. I don't think it's going to be in the, on the expensive tier though because I think there's a, a ton of developers out there that just need something to like post a form to. Right. And $15 a month is probably fine for some of those use cases. Some of them, it's too much. But for like small businesses and stuff like that, it's it's probably a pretty good deal. If they if had a, a lot of people ask for that, basically. I, I like reform the, the dashboard. I like you know, the way responses work and integrations and stuff like that, the emails I get, but I I just, I want to just have my own form that I design myself. Yeah, that makes so sense. So that's one thing. The other thing is like custom domains is also like hiding our brand a little bit because it's not a reform URL anymore. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of how, that's how I'm thinking about it right now, at least, but we haven't rolled this out yet. So I right. might change my mind. <laughs>
0: Do you know we you have it, no idea if it's there, going to work or, it or not. It's kind of like, you're kind of in the planning stages and then you have to do a bunch of development, I assume. And then kind of get
1: yeah, it's like some feature gating stuff and permissions and how we're going to handle that. And also there's a lot of communication like when you want to do something like this. I want to make sure that everyone feels good about what's happening. I think right. I've had a lot of thoughts around that as well. I was trying to be, be clever yesterday. I was mapping out the different pricing tiers and I thought about what to name the different plans I know um my friend Derek from savvycal like he hates when uh, he finds it really um i don't know what the word is but he he hates when you when you have plans that are called like hobby for example he's like i it's the plan I need but it's not my hobby it's like i'm I'm a professional um so trying to think about like what to name the different plans and then I was thinking about the free plan and what it actually, what, like, what, what's the deal, actually? Because free, it, 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 it's cool that it's free, you know, like it's, and it's in the name, so you know what you're getting. But it's also, it sounds like it's maybe less valuable, or it's like, and then it's also like, why, why is the free plan unlimited responses? But then if I pay, it's not unlimited, at least the way we're planning to do it right now. So I was thinking about that. And then I, I tried to come up with like a clever name for the free plan. So my first try was Supporter because it's like you're supporting Reform by uh, using the product with our brand on it and kind of spreading the word about it. And I thought about like, it's kind of like community, like they're in a community, they're spreading our brand. And I thought about calling it the Ambassador plan because it's almost like they're like a Reform ambassador. <laughs> and... Um, matt my uh, podcast co-host was like if you want a lot of people to find the reform free plan <laughs> it should probably be called free <laughs> right so people okay. find it when they live <laughs> um and he's totally right but yeah, i was trying to be clever about it because i was thinking about like how can we how can we kind of like talk about why it is like it is and yeah. What the idea is behind it. Where is the, what's the deal? Like, because it's like people have a lot of, you know, when something is free, it's like, Oh, when it's free, you're the product. And maybe that is the case here, but I just want to make it clear that people understand how they're their product. If that makes mm-hmm.
0: sense. Um. Yeah. I, I like that. I like not naming plans also. Cause then you're kind of guessing you're like totally guessing about who is looking at your pricing page. And if you guess wrong, then someone is like, you know, put off by that. Um, and then the idea of you calling it like an ambassador or supporter is neat, but then like, that's kind of your point of view and maybe not the customer's point of view. So again, it's like misaligned right. in my head. That makes sense. Yeah. Free makes sense. Like a chipper CI, it's starter and then standard It's mm. basically the pricing tier, which like, it's kind of named and like starter might have that connotation of like, well, is that for me or not? I don't know, but it's probably something <laughs> nope. you should look at too. Yeah, I know.
1: <laughs> yeah. It's tricky for branch we had a, a hobby a freelancer and an agency plan and i kind of just took that from the my other product wp pusher which is a deployment plugin for wordpress and i think it just it it served as well and i think from kind of like how how i understood like the way people felt about it was at least often like I think people felt good about like outgrowing the freelancer tier and like growing up to become an agency Mm. or even we had a big agency plan as well. And, but I think you probably can't fake that. Like people all like to feel that way, people probably also need to feel like they're actually getting a ton of value. So they feel good about like getting more value (laughs) and getting a cooler name.
0: (laughs) I think that makes sense. Yeah. I was just trying to think of of when I have upgraded to plants on on other apps. It's always been like a feature I need right It's like maybe sometimes you outgrow like the number of email sends you have or something, but often it's been features like um, teams and that kind of thing. thinking back to myself.
1: I think for branch we were just too expensive and what the like the further you get into that like it's just hard to make it cheaper.
0: How much was that? I don't remember.
1: It started at $50 mm-hmm. and then the next year was 150 So it felt awesome if you got a hundred and fifty dollar customer. Right. And it felt awful when they left. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, that's interesting. I don't know, that's like in line with CI apps though, like that price point. Um But it also feels like WordPress has its own challenges of just automating stuff in general, which maybe there'd be too much kind of education about how to do that. It kind of crossed my mind the other day when I was thinking about it.
1: Yeah, I don't think our product was good enough in many ways because it was just too hard from like a WordPress, in a in a WordPress space to like, yeah, to actually do what people needed it to do ideally. like a database migration which is like an insane thing to do
0: (laughs) Uh, I've had so much experience uh, because my early part of my career is at a marketing agency and it was all making CMSs for companies so WordPress and like a Drupal, Drupal and Joomla phase and then expression engine that kind of thing and every single one was always an issue of like all right, we want to set up a staging environment and just be able to push that changes to staging to production and like it's just never possible it's like no you actually have to redo all of that work and like yeah. you know every like the settings are mixed into the database along with the content and then you know there's always such a weird mix of stuff and no one has come up with a really good solution so far so you know it's not like people haven't tried and don't know that that's an issue
1: don't have a database
0: <laughs> yeah right be static or something right <laughs> file based <Yeah>. cms <laughs>
1: yeah yeah, we're uh, our side now is eleven T for reform, and then we use Ghost as a, a for the blog, and everything is just compiled. Um, down like to files basically. Yeah.
0: Cool.
1: And it's so awesome with Netlify and you know branches and stuff like that. Did you do the thing? I mean, or that's why the domain? branch was called branch was because I hope to eventually be able to figure out how to do that, but right, never that's really. A good point. <laughs> worked
0: <laughs> is your blog um a subdomain right now no you know I
1: mean? and that was part of the appeal is like when it's just files you can just put it wherever you want
0: oh, in okay, your file
1: structure cool. so it's all just an 11 decide and then the block part just pulls the data from a ghost instance somewhere that's password protected i think (laughs) so is that like
0: is that is that headless basically so you're kind of pulling in over an api and it's displaying and on the okay neat
1: yeah it's just using the ghost javascript sdk to do that
0: okay i'm not familiar enough with it
1: i mean they i wasn't either but uh, they they have a 11t package or like a, a starter repo that we just used yeah, so I think that's the future. <laughs> I don't know how WordPress gets there, but a lot of people are trying to do that.
0: Well, I know like yeah. um, like Laravel News does that. WordPress powers it, but it's a Laravel application grabbing using the WordPress API to grab the content and serving okay, it on the Laravel app. So all the content is edited inside of WordPress.
1: Yeah, Miguel uh, Pedrofita, who's like a crypto crypto person now. Used to be more of a Laravel person, and he had a a tool called SiteSauce. We used that for for the branch website to do the same thing with WordPress. Mm. So it just we just had like a we had a, a WordPress website somewhere behind a password, and then SiteSauce just turned it into HTML and put it on Versal. yeah, it was. I wish more things worked like that.
0: Fully, <laughs> <laughs> was so easy.
1: Yeah, so how are things going with Chipper? Do you want to talk about that at all?
0: Yeah, of course. I love talking about myself. <laughs> um, okay, Chipper. So what am I doing with Chipper right now? Um, I am... Uh, so what I did is kind of recently, I started actually working on it again. Um, I said in my last episode, I, I was the full owner as of January 1st of 2022. So that Congrats. got me in the headspace to actually <laughs> work on this thing. Thanks. Um, and basically the theory going into owning it was like, well, we've done really nothing with this thing for like a year and it, the churn and the growth has leveled out. So it was just completely level. It hasn't grown or died. It's just like somehow survived and stayed at the same place. Basically. Yeah, um, we're a so happy I figured... customer. What's that?
1: We're a happy customer. Not planning to churn. Right.
0: Nice. So far the... everyone I've interviewed is a customer. So <laughs> <laughs> huh. maybe I'll just go by that trend. Huh. Um, no, but, um I figured doing anything is better than nothing, right? And um, so I started actually doing stuff, working on it, uh, adding some features, improving some stuff, and emailing and tweeting about it mostly. Uh, and I added a how did you hear about us thing so after, immediately after sign up. So from that, I kind of, you know, that's actually been more useful than I thought it was. <laughs> I think it was a good idea to do it, but I realized like how kind of useful that was. So a lot of it is the stuff like, You know, I could see my efforts actually working like I saw Chris on Twitter or, um, you know, I saw new improvements, but there's also a few things like uh, it's in the documentation for Vapor and and on Laravel Forge and that kind of thing. So that kind of stuff is all working and like stacking up and and I see the increase in signups and that kind of thing. Um, Most recently, kind of very recently, I actually started seeing some growth, like a good spurt of people actually signing up. So uh, that's been really nice to see like the efforts actually worked and like i haven't done i've worked on it a bunch but it's nothing huge has changed it's just i'm kind of talking about it more and that kind of thing um all which is to say that uh just like reform it's like very much a top of funnel problem like you just have to like let people know like everyone else
1: man yeah
0: um right i thought i was clever when i figured that out but it turns out it's literally everyone's issue
1: (laughs) (laughs) it's part of the journey
0: yeah um so um Part of part of that is the features I have built towards that is actually making this thing more compatible with open source because there's always very um, like we got, I feel like I got pushed into free tier because every continuous integration application out there is free tier to get, which makes a lot of sense. You get developers on board and then they uh, hit a limit and then, you know, if they're integrated with it, then they want to keep using it. So, you know, they go to a manager or whatever, or put down their own card, whoever, depending on the situation um, and go to the paid plan after they hit some kind of limit. second so the thing that i the stuff that i wanted to do to kind of get more people to see it is to support open source like i said because it's always been about private projects so far um so open source would actually put it in repositories that are public on you know github or whatever so people can actually find it um but then even if people are using chipper ci on a public repository they might not necessarily know because there's never like a yaml file or anything so the other idea of that is like support a YAML file, which I ended up liking better for technical reasons. Like imagine if you want to test a newer version of PHP on a specific branch, you could just update your YAML file. In that. so like that actually has useful features. Um, and I have a lot of like future ideas that like the YAML file makes a lot easier, um, especially around development. Cause then I don't necessarily have to build a UI around some f- a setting in the application. It can just be like, well, if you have this new YAML file then the application behaves this way. And I don't need to build out a whole front end UI to like configure that in the in the project settings, which is like a huge relief because that is a weak point of mine. <laughs> so, um, but the main point is that having a YAML file in public repositories is nice because people like might actually see it and copy it and just find that it exists and that kind of thing. Um, so that dovetails in with that and using Terraform CI for open source. So the hope there is that the application becomes more visible to people in the Laravel community and they actually use it um so yeah
1: so i i love that it's uh it's proven it's what it, everyone did before you right, right.
0: and i never and saw that i didn't know i didn't know this. why all the other things did open source like open no
1: source. <laughs> but, but it's like i i'm i'm having some of the same like realizations with reform as well it's like you you kind of like basically you don't have to innovate on everything like you have to pick your battles or your experiments like right Chipper is different because it knows laravel but it should, maybe it shouldn't be different on every other para- parameter as well. Like, if if it worked for Travis and all the other ones, like, to have a YAML file and, like, a built uh, passing batch on repositories and stuff like that, it probably worked for you as well. Right, exactly, it's, yeah. It's proven, and it's, yeah. And there's, every single one of them does it,
0: which is a big clue. They're like, hey, you should do this too.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's probably not a big need to innovate there. And mm-hmm. we, we, we've just had, like, we've had literally this conversation about the kind of branding we want to put on forms is like you know typeform had a a pretty good growth team and they've shared like what worked for them when this was their strategy and they're they're no longer doing it because it's not their strategy anymore because they're so big and they have a strong brand but like we're in we're where they where they were in the beginning so mm-hmm. if it worked for them why wouldn't it work for us yeah and it sure. worked for a lot of other companies as well so i love yeah. that Get i'm excited to see how that possible. goes
0: <laughs> yeah me too um, and I have other features. So, and then the, I think the, I need to kind of push that more. so people actually start using it for public stuff. So one of the next things I'm working on that's not out yet is uh, a few things. I laid some groundwork on, so like I have some, uh, a, a pull request open. That's basically ready. That lets me configure like a build limit per project or per team. So I can say like, all right, this project is now like an open source project and that has unlimited builds. But like, even though you're on a free tier. Um, where normally your build count per month would be limited. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, so that is there. And then that leads into allowing people to say like, hey, I want to apply uh, for making this project an open source project. So if it's like a public repository and um, I approve it, I think, you know, this is the this is the part I'm not sure of, then um, the project can be marked as an open source project and have unlimited builds. Um, and then you know you're using it on an open source project you have, but I don't know. Like, what do you think about that idea of having like an approval process versus having someone just like say this is open source and like give me unlimited builds for this one project?
1: Maybe you could do like just free for open source. It, I mean, open source just means that that's what we like for WP Pusher. It was always free if, if the repository was public. It's mm. pretty easy to test, you know. Right. Uh, you just don't let people add a token to to basically authenticate but then you could have a limit maybe on builds and and then they have to apply to get unlimited builds maybe so more people start using it
0: that's actually how sort of that's sort of how it works you can mark your uh, project as public okay um and a chipper ci actually does not care if it's truly a public repository or not but if marking it as public will Make your builds public, so the link you get yeah. in, in GitHub links to chipperci.build. Build. I think it's fine then. Yeah, and then like apply to open source. I think is you really should to get unlimited.
1: You should see if you could get Spotsy to use it. You get like four hundred thousand incoming links <laughs> to Chipper that way.
0: They tried it out, and then they went to GitHub Actions, and I think they're kind of all in GitHub Actions right now. But uh, I could well, maybe you bring need them to fly back. to. I could talk to them.
1: Belgium and buy some steak dinners. Or exactly, some I know. Enterprise sales. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I don't know. I just no more in-person Lyric hides. <laughs> that could have worked out.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Uh, that's funny. I mean, maybe that in the back of my head. Yeah. Um, okay. So I have that going on for open source stuff to get more visibility into it to hopefully increase the top of funnel. And then I have a bunch of other features coming up too, because I want to rework the pricing a bunch, because I don't necessarily like $0 or $39 a month. And then like, that's it. Um, and there's so many different things you can do. Um, so like I have plans to support more stuff that helps more towards deployment, which could be like on a higher tier. Uh, and then interestingly, in the Laravel community is like this kind of downward price pressure. I was just talking about this with when I was recording with Aaron. Um, Taylor prices all the Laravel stuff kind of on the cheaper side. And, you know, he gets mm. makes money on volume stuff. in Laravel tends to be on the lower end versus other stuff you might see in other communities uh, sort of as a result of that and following that, um, which is why Chipper CI started at 39 instead of 49 a month because like at the time, because I thought that'd be something that would make people try the application out, which I think kind of worked out because we started with a, a credit card upfront front trial to begin with instead of a free tier. Um, Deployments
1: but... are interesting. Like I'm just wondering if it's a good strategy to make that more expensive mm-hmm. because it's, it's kind of similar to like the thing we just talked about with reform and like if we don't want to limit like we don't want to incentivize we want to incentivize people to do the thing we want them to do mm-hmm. and when i'm thinking about a ci tool it's pretty easy to swap it out with something else like it's not in production and it's just like i could probably figure out a way to turn my chipper ci deployment steps into circle ci for example mm-hmm. if i wanted to um But deployment is much more tricky. Like it's much more sticky. Like it's harder for me to change my deployment struct. Like I'd, I would rather not have to. Like if the deployments are working, I would rather not touch them, (laughs) and just hope they keep working. So in a sense, it's like if you can get people to use Chipper for deploying as well, there's probably a smaller chance that they're going to churn. I don't know if that's true. It's just what kind of it made me think of.
0: I think you're right. I have kind of compiled a list of things that I think makes sense for, for people who are about to buy or for people who are, have bought to stay. Um, churn is actually very low somehow. I don't know how I created an app where that's the case. So it must just be a continuous integration thing. And probably for the reason you just said, because everything's working and no one wants to refigure out everything else in some other yeah. platform. Um, and one of the things is definitely like, are they actually deploying from this? repository or not versus just running it and the other things are like do they actually care about getting notifications like if you don't ever get a notification from chipper CI then you don't know what it's doing then why do you care about this this thing uh, so there's like factors like that that I thought like maybe that I could like pay attention to that to see if I think someone's about to purchase um, but that makes that and maybe they would pay more that is inter- I mean, Well, I don't we know like there's the, it depends on the features too. like one of the, the things I want to do is to help people make uh an artifact you can deploy like zip up your application and it has your uh all, everything you need in it like your node modules if you're using that and also your vendor directory and all that stuff and that's like a zip file that lives somewhere and i can make it easy to like download that to a server and then just like put that into the correct place a bit like how Envoy does it you know depending um so it depends on the on the deployment feature too because some of them are sort of a cost center because maybe i'll be like uploading people's build artifacts their the build application to like an s3 bucket we own or something like that so that could be sticky but might that might be worth um putting on a paid plan like a paid tier like a higher paid tier i don't know but what you said makes sense like getting people to actually deploy from it um would probably be a really sticky feature to get have them stick around and i have some other ideas for that too that might help or might work for a higher tier like helping you manage your emv file like actually just having a copy of it that's encrypted and stuff and that way you can and that way you can kind of like pull it down every deployment and have that you know placed yeah. in the right spot um and managed inside of chipper ci so it's kind of like centrally managed in one spot you don't have to like go into a server and update it or something
1: if i, I mean if i could just like say something these days I'm really bullish on having a lo- like a cheap plan <laughs> mm-hmm. and yeah, uh, I don't know maybe, like I haven't with Reform like I haven't proven yet that it's a good idea and obviously Reform is a very different product from Chipper but I'm just thinking man like you are so well positioned to be like the Laravel deployment platform that everyone uses mm-hmm. and especially with this open source stuff like I'm really excited to see how that goes because I could be something that really helps like sp- spread the word. Right. But I, you're right. Like there's so many Laravel developers who don't want to pay $39 for, for CI stuff that they get for free on GitHub Actions.
0: So I have, this is what I, this is kind of what I was alluding to.
1: 12 is the new, the new cool price to charge. 12? 12 dollars.
0: Um... Pass. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I don't—I I can't find the stupid page in my notes. So I had a, a similar idea where um, you start with freemium and the next tier is like 20 bucks, although who knows, maybe 12. Um, and that gets you more stuff, maybe unlimited builds, and maybe that unlocks some deployment features or something instead of a higher tier. Uh, and then you jump up to a $50 a month plan and then maybe a $100 a month plan. But that depends on features. Like maybe you need a bigger server with more resources or something like that. And then you jump up, uh, or, and then there's also the thing I currently have, which is multiple concurrent builds at the same time. Cause right now you're, you do one build at a time, but you can pay extra for concurrent builds, which helps when you have a bunch of projects and like a teams are all pushing. So you don't have to, someone doesn't have to wait for some other project to build before going the next and, um, that. That feature is also a direct cost center for Chipper CI because the more builds happen concurrently at a time means like servers are more busy, and then I have to actually get more servers.
1: The concurrent builds, like with us right now, it's not a not an issue. But the startup I worked at a few years ago, we would often like sit and wait <laughs> on Circle CI, right? And like, that's, and it's no one like likes doing that at all. No, so we would always get on on more expensive plans because when developers are just sitting idle and just not right. like, doing anything, because and the builds take like fifteen minutes to run, it's not very good. Mm-hmm.
0: No, not at all. Um, so so that's sort of the idea I had too to go go lower, and have a plan that's kind of easy to get into. Like it's kind of not a big hurdle to jump into like a twelve or twenty dollar a month plan necessarily. Um, and then you get, um. You know, probably unlimited builds, but maybe you don't have the options that get concurrent builds or something. I don't know. I haven't I haven't totally thought it through yet, but that's kind of the option. Then you get to the $50 a month plan, which is like um, have some extra features like maybe then you have Docker support or something like that, Um, because Docker is like another thing. That's actually another cost center because I have a whole fleet of little servers that are there just for Docker usage. and i say that first on cost center because like that that both brings value to a customer but also as a cost center of like tripper ci so i think it kind of makes sense to price on that metric and then the hundred dollars a month could be something else like originally i was thinking the deployment stuff but maybe maybe you have a good point there where that would make sense in the lower price tiers or just on, even on freemium
1: yeah my internet is really bad i'm sorry you're gonna have to edit this
0: <laughs> no worries i'm actually making notes on on what time codes the uh that happens on uh, so what I was saying is, I think that kind of makes sense to go low and then, like you know, have higher price points depending on on certain features. I'm not
1: sure I'm right about the deployment stuff. Like I, we're unhappy with like the deployments we have right now, but we're on DigitalOcean app platform, mm-hmm. so I don't know if you could. The, you can have your own like Docker stuff there, but I don't think I don't think it makes it probably wouldn't make sense to use Chipper to deploy to that,
0: mm-hmm.
1: or I mean. You would have a lot of customers if you can find a way to deploy to their platform faster
0: right which makes sense like i part of the idea is to help you build a docker image like if we have provide a standard docker image that has uh, php and everything in it so you're just mm. like our process is just adding the code to you and then uploading this docker image we created for you somewhere that's like just kind of works everywhere um or even like an aws ami um like a server image that is basically the same thing and You like you just add your code to this directory and that kind of just works um so that's sort of part of the ideas i have kicking around so that that could be kind of possible you know there's lots of possibilities there that will take a, a while to build up <laughs> and stuff but i really i'm kind of excited about those ideas
1: yeah for sure i think as you said like the most important thing is that you just figure out the top of the funnel because that kind of solves
0: everything else right like you get more people to talk to and that's a bit scary um one thing matt mentioned on your last podcast episode i just listened to it yesterday so it's pretty fresh in my mind Uh, but he was saying that like if you're doing freemium then you also have to have a huge kind of pool of potential customers um which like i don't know if i necessarily do because i'm niche down to laravel and then there's also a bunch of competing products so um that part is kind of scary so i don't know if there's something else to be done there for um for my use case like getting out of just Laravel which like is probably an eventuality you know maybe it's specific to PHP or just maybe just not specific to anything anymore but that seems far enough away like I could um I don't have to make this app my main source of income although that would be nice but I don't have to right now so like I'm not su- I'm not like super pressured to like get everything as much as I can done immediately and, and like grow 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 necessarily so I don't know if I necessarily have to like even think about that kind of thing
1: yeah yeah that's a fair point
0: okay i got a lot to think about it's gonna be fun um you want to wrap up we're over, like almost at an hour 45 minutes ish
1: yeah sounds good
0: cool all right so you can be found where on twitter at uh, reform.com reform.app
1: <laughs> Not <that> com, unfortunately <laughs> don't, don't know the dot com yet dot <laughs> <laughs> app cool. yeah and uh, i'm peter sum on twitter
0: all right. Sounds good. Um, cool. Well, I'll talk to you soon offline. I'm sure. And otherwise, yeah. See you later.
1: See you later, man. Thanks.